And here we go. The Sprista's Goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other... Don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. I will not take that from a peck like you. Oh, dang. I know, sorry. I get, <laughs> I get angry. I had some mod pizza tonight. It brings up my angry side. So I think I'm taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not to call it spade a spade, but you're the peck here. Ah, you got me. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> I am good. I have no complaints. None? Zero. Not at all. I sure. don't think so. Yeah, um, I saw Spider-Man today. Oh, how was it? No spoilers. It's okay. spoilers. It's all right. It's Everyone, good. everyone's freaking out about it and saying it's it's so good. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to see it. Middle of the pack for me. Oh, huh. well, it's funny you say that because that's actually kind of how I felt about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler! What movie are we doing, Justin? We are doing Willow. I'm very excited. 1988. Data. <laughs> The directed by Ron Howard there. <laughs> Ron Howard there. It's also written by George Lu- Lucas and Bob Dolman. Yeah. Was, uh, Lucas did the story. Yeah, and uh, the screenplay was by bar- Bob Dolman. Borrowed from like every fantasy story ever told. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like a, a recipe. He used a cookbook for for this kind of stuff. So. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, eighty-eight. It was the year I, I was one year old at this oh, time. Wow. Oh yeah. So I remember every, everything. I was actually the baby in this movie, and I don't have red hair anymore for some reason. So, that's good. Yeah, uh, it's a good year though. You had Roger Rabbits, you had your Diehards. I love Roger Rabbit. I forgot about that one. Big Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Um, there's a lot they of live, Red Heat, Young Guns. <laughs> I didn't know those all came out in '88. Rambo Three. Even more Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where he goes to uh, like Afghanistan or something like that? Yeah. Oh, Afghanistan animation. Yeah, Afghanistan animation. <laughs> That's where they made the Rambo cartoon. That was amazing. <laughs> oh wow! No, I'm good. Um, yeah, this movie stars uh, Val Kilmer, uh, Joanne Wally. Uh, I say Whaley. Whaley. I think it, I think it's Wally. Whatever. Warwick Davis, uh, Gene Marsh, Patricia Hayes, Billy Barty. We got Pat Roach. Uh, Billy Barty, he's important because he was like, uh, you know, that actor that just kind of popped up and everything whenever they needed a little person. What was what role? Oh, he played the um, high the wiz- wizard. Yeah. The high. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. He, he does have quite the resume. Um, yeah. No, this this film obviously has a lot of um, famous little little people in it. Uh, Pat, no, Pat Roach isn't little. <laughs> uh, no, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a very he's a, a menacing tower of terror, that guy. He, 
David Steinberg, uh, Phil Fondacaro, Tony Cox. I, he's from uh, Bad Santa and other movies, too. Yeah. Phil Fondacaro. I actually met him once. Where? Um, uh, no, no, no. It was really <laughs> weird. Um, so he is in um, the guy that does the Puppet Master movies. Um, Charles Band, I want to say his name is. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, he had like this weird like lecture thing in San Diego. It was in this bar. And you bought tickets, and my brother-in-law, who the one who just passed away a couple months ago, he dragged me to this thing. And I'm like, dude, I don't watch those Puppet Master movies. He's like, no, don't worry about it. It'll be fun. So I was like, fine. All right, whatever. We'll get to hang out. And this guy, Phil Fondacaro, he was there. He's actually in a lot of his, uh, in Charles Band's movies. And mm -hmm. so he was there, and he was just like sitting with us and hanging out, and it was kind of cool. That's really cool. I liked, him. I liked him a lot in the movie, and I really wish there was more of him, because I thought he was really badass. And um, so when he volunteered to go with the the group uh, <clears throat> before they started their journey, I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. He's going to have some awesome kills. Like, I don't know, his kill count's going to be way up there. So um, but then I was kind of let down because he was only in it for X amount of time. It's not his story. Yeah, but, you know, you know how that goes. Um, like Mr. Burglecut. <laughs> that guy was a loser. He's my favorite. <laughs> Why? He's just I a don't fat, know. fat guy that gets like pooped on and barfed on a lot. I like him. He's good people. What um? How did it? How did? How did it do for the awards there? Or uh, the, the, sorry, the critical reception there. Sure, critical reception. So not too well. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you uh, if you check out the old tomato meter there, it's at a whopping fifty percent. They weren't heirloom tomatoes. No, these <laughs> ones are. These ones are like these backyard sun-dried sun tomatoes. The, wor yeah. the worst tomatoes of them all. <laughs> yeah, the kind that some fruit stand on the side of the road forgot about. <laughs> uh, so Gene Siskel, your buddy from Chicago Tribune, there isn't a single major character in the film who is engaging. Yikes! Wow, I, dis I disagree, Mister yeah. Siskel. What, what does he know? What does he know? All right, loser. Dave Kerr from Chicago Tribune also says, uh, it takes forever for the story to get started, and once it does, holds few surprises. Ouch. I was surprised at a couple things. How much you loved it. Eh. I was surprised at how beautiful um, Joanne... Wa you call her Wally, or, or what would you say? I say Whaley. Joanne Whaley Wally. Wally. How... How how badass she was and how beautiful she was. I was I didn't know that she had that flowing red hair. I was like, ooh, that was a surprise. Yeah, that's that's sweet. Right? She only acts when it's windy outside though, so it can <laughs> lie all over the place. <laughs> she uses Irish Spring. That's probably what she smells like. Sure. <laughs> uh, Jillian McKay, uh, this guy or this gal rather says Willow borrows shamelessly from sources as varied as the Bible, A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, and even from Star Wars itself, plastering it all together in a witless, muddled pastiche. You don't get to say the word pastiche too often. <laughs> I put I put some pastiche on my crackers the other day. There you like, go. <laughs> it was uh, tasty. So, uh, real quick, w with that, that is such a cop out to to try to blame a screenwriter for stealing from the Bible, like. Almost every piece of literature and, and thing and like everything written out there has some sort of uh, origin of the Bible you could you could draw back to. So it's that that's such an asinine thing to say in in a negative review. Like, get out of here, lady. Get, get off your high horse. Right. I mean, 
the baby is destined to thwart evil. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a savior. So yeah. every so now every savior story is basically copying the Bible. Yep. In yep. a in a weird Al Yankovic sort of way. <laughs> Uh, Honestly, weird, weird <laughs> uh, having trouble finding positive reviews. <laughs> Are you serious? There's like none. Yeah. Wow. Well, what did Justin Cavender say? It's a good movie. Go see it. <laughs> this is a good movie. It's got the Cavender stamp of approval. It'll have you twirling your swords in no time. And by no time, I mean two hours. Uh, that's a long movie. It is kind of long, but it's got the music there. It's got some lots of people. The costumes are cool. The horses are neat. There's castles. There's magic. There's goats. <laughs> got the magic and the flying. <laughs> it's good. Uh, and and the bad guy, General Kale, that guy is just terrifying. I love that dude. I loved his outfit. His outfit was awesome. He looked yeah. like Skeletor, but like scarier. <laughs> he is the bell of the evil ball. The bell. You, my friend, would be the bell of the ball. <laughs> no, he's a he's a big dude. He's big. He was in Conan, and he was in uh, Indiana Jones. He was the uh, bald guy who who gets eaten by a propeller in Raiders. I think he's in all the indie movies he's in temple of doom also he's that big dude who he has to fight i don't remember you know <laughs> <His> time <laughs> as a well what do you expect yeah um i'm trying to find that quote there oh um, he goes die <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> no but everybody exclamation point everybody just says after them that's like yeah. the, the number one thing that people say in this no, when Val Kilmer was was smooth talking Sorsha, the things that he was saying, I can't stop oh, yeah. the beating of my heart. It pounds like never before, <laughs> out of fear, out of love. <laughs> That's so good. That You're my sun, my moon, my starlit sky. Without you, I dwell in darkness. I love you. <laughs> I say dwell in darkness all the time, like uh, when someone, like if I'm sad, something's wrong, and I go, I dwell in darkness. Aww. And I Are got you... it from Val Kilmer. Hope you're not dwelling right now in darkness. No way, dude. I got a light on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm do I'm dwelling in chicken wings right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't eat. I don't eat they meat. Eat so. those. <laughs> yeah. That's how they fly south for the winter. <laughs> um, so, for, in terms of the IP, uh, they uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they are developing a Willow TV show. That is true. Um, there was also yeah. some books by Chris Claremont. Yeah, uh, he branched out and did a whole... How many did he do? do you know? Uh, I, th I know of three. I don't know if there's more than that, though. Does it still have Willow, or is it just different characters in the same universe? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's still has Willow, and it's... um, Like, Alora Dannon is older. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I just remember, like, Shadow Moon? Yeah. Does Willow's, uh, uh, does Willow's family get murdered, and then he goes on a revenge run and just eliminates everybody and like drinks their blood and stuff so i didn't i didn't read them i, I started the the first book and like everyone that i lo knew and loved from the first movie like died there was some like giant comet that came to earth and, and blew everybody up and uh she survived that's what yeah. i remember i don't know i didn't get into it i didn't read it i don't know nothing about it i just read the little flap <laughs> Kind of stay away from those flaps, man. And I was in that was at the the student bookstore at UC Santa Barbara. I was touring the campus, checking things out, and then I saw that book and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then that was it. End the story. Nice. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I'd probably be intrigued by a TV show from this. Um, so I didn't really, I mean, I saw this movie when I was a kid, but it didn't really have that type of, uh, appeal to me that maybe it did for, let's say someone of, of your age and stature. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I was but, on toddlers and tiaras. Um, <laughs> you're like honey boo boo, but, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, I appreciate it in the, in the terms of the fantasy fiction film world i try to i try to have it can be fun um but then and i liked aspects of it but yeah um we'll get into into that in a very brief minute um interesting trivia a couple quick things uh warwick davis was only 17 years old during the shooting of this film which is crazy did you notice how big his freaking hands were like is that was that just me or i mean you're watching it on a big tv my TV is not that big. It's only like 18 inches. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, he, his hands are huge. Like, <laughs> he just had, he had giant hands. I didn't notice, no. Like, he had bigger hands than I do. That's like, for casting spells. You gotta have big hands. Do you? <laughs> I think so. so I, don't we'll... think, I don't think you do. Um, according to the press kits and subsequent novels, the two-headed dragon was named Ebersisk, a reference to the movie critics Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. (laughs) The word does not occur in the film, but it made it into some reviews. (laughs) Ebersisk. Um, After meeting on the set of the film, Val Kilmer and Joanne Wiley were married. Whaley were married, (laughs) but they later got divorced like a day later. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't think they were married for long. Probably not a long time. Uh, And then Willow gets called um, by Mad Mardigan, Sorsha, Babmorda, and some other characters, Peck. Uh, the term peck is a racist word for Newland. And so that's very, very bad. Oh. They were married from 1988 to 1996, according not, to Val Kilmer's Wikipedia page. That's eight years in Tibet. Um, all right. Wait, we'll, we'll let... Six minutes. <laughs> you can't get a workout. You can't get a workout in six minutes. <laughs> that uh, was, that was the magic number. Oh, I, was just, I was just using the bathroom. <laughs> Um, all right, so jump into it. Husband, father, and aspiring sorcerer Willow Oofgood farms days away. <sighs> Pause, rewind. <laughs> Willow Oofgood, they say 18 times in the movie. Husband, father, <laughs> and aspiring sorcerer Willow Oofgood farms his days away in his tiny village of other little people, the Newlands. One day, Willow stumbles upon a baby that washes ashore at his farm. Wanted by the evil queen Bevmorda, Willow must take the baby away from his village and back to someone who can take care of her. Willow meets the swindling Mad Mardigan and frees him from his captivity, only to eventually be seen him again in his journeys. Tasked with a longer journey given to Willow by a great fairy, Willow must take baby Elora and rendezvous with great transfigured sorceress Razel in order to complete his task. With our main characters on the run from the evil baddie Kale and the mysterious Sorsha, they end up making it to an abandoned castle after some battling and, and stuff and some magic. Uh, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha fall desperately or deeply in love, battle some trolls, and Kale steals Alora, taking her back to Babmorda. Our heroes all rise up and head to the castle for a final showdown with Kale's army and Babmorda's magic. Down but not defeated, Willow uses his courage to outsmart Babmorda, and she perishes. Willow returns home a hero, Sorsha and Mad Mardigan are together, and Razel is human again. There is no size limit on how much courage one can have. Aww. See? 
not all here. Like, it's one of those things where heroes come in all shapes and sizes. There you go. That's what my mom said to me when I was a fat little kid, and I was like trying to feel good about myself. So now look at you're all better. Am I? <laughs> I think so. I'm one Snickers away from <laughs> from being 300 pounds. No, I'm good. I'm like 100 pounds soaking wet. So <laughs> um, <laughs> with the water. With the water. Uh, so man, I. I think this is a very middle of the road movie for me, um, and 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 it's probably because I didn't grow up with it enough of watching it. Um, I've seen this done so much, and like my all time favorite films are Lord, the Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy, right? And so this doesn't even compare to it at all. But I see I see the merit in it, and I did like aspects of the movie. Like I I was genuinely surprised when I was watching certain parts, and I was like really into it and. When that first uh, rabbit dog thing, whatever, no, that rat dog thing attacked the the Newlands, I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know what was going to happen, and they actually killed it, and I was really happy because I was like, yeah, they rose up and fought it. Um, so it had a lot of good parts. the The final twenty minutes didn't do it for me. I think me. they're called. I think they're called Nellwins. 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 The people. Um, so they. Uh, the, the final like twenty minutes with the battle between the the sorceresses and stuff, um, it was real, real campy and hokey, and I just I couldn't get past that. Um, and I, I was laughing at parts that I probably shouldn't have been laughing at, but um, that is again just with the times nowadays. It's kind of like when I was watching that awful movie Big Trouble in Little China and the ri- ridiculous the ridiculous effects. So. That's kind of where I'm at. I would like to see you kind of change my mind on it a bit. But uh, what did you think? Uh, I love this movie. This is one that I saw on a school night as a child back in 1988. What was your bedtime? Uh, usually like 10. Jeez, man. Yeah, don't no, fuck around. That explains a lot nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the thing is there used to be movies on at 8 o'clock. And then, you know, with commercials, they would go to about 10. Mm-hmm. And so once the movie ended, then I can go. I could go Nani. No big deal. And I I wasn't like a grumpy goose in the morning, so it didn't matter if I didn't get a lot of sleep. So my mom let me stay up pretty late. Did you spruce that goose? I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, we sh- we went to go see it um, uh, on the movie the in the movie theater on the Marine Corps base. Oh, cool. And, yeah, it was fun. And uh, I had a blast. I loved every second of it. And then when it came out, I may or may not have found a copy of the movie to myself, and I watched it thousand times loved it you watched it a thousand times well i mean <laughs> maybe like eight or nine times but i i always enjoyed it it was a, a favorite in casa de cavender nice that means house of cavender for you non-spanish speakers out there yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so i mean and I, 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 like the, I like the music i like the fantasy world uh back then there weren't two Many fantasy movies, aside from like Conan, um, so and that's pretty hardcore. Whereas this one is more uh, whimsical and, and set in this fantastical world. I feel like Conan is just a a bit more grim. <laughs> uh, I mean, I enjoy Conan very least. much, but this one is a lot more uh, fun and festive, as it were. I like the music quite a bit. Um, oh, I, I dig it. I like all the different scenery too. You know they mm-hmm. go they go all over the place. They're in the forest. They're in the mountains and the snow fields, crazy almost, castles. I like it. 
It's kind of like Lord of the Rings almost. Before that's so, Lord of the that's Rings. That's so weird. The but movie, anyway. It, yeah, the movie, but not the book. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's what I ultimately kept running into is I was just like, man, they're just drawing so many. I, I mean, yes, it came out before the films, but there's so many comparisons to Lord of the Rings because there were still um, animated versions of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and whatnot. Um, sure. So I'm sure Lucas used some inspiration from that. Um, I did have fun with it, though, at times. I really liked when uh, Willow and um, I almost called him Madagascar, uh, Mad Mardigan. I like to move it. Move it. <laughs> when they were defending the, the castle and he was basically home alone uh, the castle, like setting up all these booby traps everywhere. I know. And he thought he was so cool with that <laughs> dumb helmet with the horse hair. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that. I was cracking up when he when he came out in that. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, I just thought he was going to have the armor. But yeah, no, that was that was cool. Um, Gotta have the hat. Gotta have the hat. You get a free bowl of soup with a hat like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, why did everyone want to kill babies? Everyone was so quick to kill babies in this movie. They were just like, even even Willow was like, no, no, just push it down the river. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Our hero is not a hero. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Uh, he stops killing babies and he turns his life around. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think they were all afraid of uh, Bav Morda. She's an evil woman. And, um, yeah, you do what she tells you. You do what she tells you. Do, do, do. And you do what she tells you. Um, dun, dun. <laughs> um, is this a kid's movie? I think so. But there was so much blood and stabbing. and I don't think there was that much. And brownies. Uh, most of the violence was cut away. Yeah. Um, the fight scenes, and maybe that's kind of why it, it took it out of it for me, too, is I, I didn't really know if it was a kids movie or like an all ages movie because yeah the, the battle scenes were like Val Kilmer instead of stabbing someone he would like hit him in the head with a sword or something like that or you know on the on the hilt of the sword um but some of the fighting just looks so poorly choreographed um but I mean maybe if that's if that's what they were going for then I, I totally get that <laughs> yeah. yeah look like you don't know what to do <laughs> yeah yeah just uh you fall over <laughs> yeah so well, uh, so it is rated PG, so there is that. But wasn't PG back in the day pretty much like R nowadays? Uh, PG-13 definitely was. PG-13 was, yeah. And then PG was like PG-13. Yeah, like so like your movies like Gremlins and Red Dawn, um, they had some pretty hardcore like gory scenes that yeah. warrant, warrant a PG-13. But... Um, this one, I mean, you do see people die. They get like arrows in their chest or something. Yeah. And they have this exaggerated yell. But a lot of the stuff is just more like a barroom brawl type of yeah. action. Yeah, I can see that. And it's, I mean, it ultimately it, it served its purpose um, because it wasn't necessarily about the battle scenes. It was the journey and it was the it was the, the main characters and, and what they were going through. Pretty much just Willow and, I almost said Madagascar again, <laughs> Mad Mardigan. Um, and then how they changed throughout the, the film, too. Like, Willow was that reluctant hero who wanted to become a sorcerer, and he ends up becoming a sorcerer, essentially. And then uh, Mad Mardigan was a, a thief and a, a, a fights-for-no-one type of guy, and then he learns out that he was actually the selfless hero, um, all motivated by uh, strong female characters, which is something I wanted to bring up that I thought was glaring. I actually did a quick little YouTube search, and I found a very, very good video about this. But um, So the female presence in this film... 
is a very important theme. Um, and I did notice this as I was watching it. I was like, okay, I think this is going to play into it somehow. But women are the strongest, most powerful, and most influential people that help motivate our characters um, pretty much in their every move and, and in their journey throughout this. Um, so, for example... Um, I mean, Alora Dannon is a girl, and she's yes. she is the one that is she is destined to destroy yes. evil, and 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 she's the one that that drives Willow to do what he does. He does everything uh, in this film because of her. He's not he's not acting on his own. It's it's all to protect her so she right. can get to that point. And so, um, with those strong, I mean, and they're not weak women. They're not even, even Sorsha. She's not a pushover. She can definitely handle her own in a sword fight. Um, even at the end, they all it's 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 Sorsha and um, Razel that go to face Bab Morda. It's not Mad Mardigan that goes in exactly. There. And and so so with that, can you call this movie feminist? Uh, I mean, I would sure. Yeah, why? Tell me, tell me why. Um, well, because the most powerful beings in this movie are female. Every of all age groups, mind you, you got. A, an infant, you have a woman in her 20s, maybe 30s, and then you have a senior citizen female. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> you got you got the stretch of all of them. And they're all badass in their own way. Yeah. And ain't no pecs walking around here. They don't <laughs> they don't need no help from men. But but even even uh Kaya or Kate Kaya. Kaya? Is that how you say it? His, his wife. wife? Yeah. yeah. Kaya. even her, she essentially motivates willow with well with her lock of hair and stuff yeah, to give and, him, and him luck and strength yep, and courage yep yes, and and right. also she is the one that takes um the baby and and like willow is reluctant to even take the baby but she takes the baby and is like we have to take care of it right. um and like the midwife the midwife at the beginning who yeah takes, eaten up by the rat dogs yep takes Alora and and puts her in the in the boat and pushes her down the river i mean she had courage to Escape the tyranny of. I have to keep looking at the names because I can't. Bavmorda. Bavmorda. Um, but but uh, no, Jean Marsh, she was the witch in Return to Oz. Yeah, th- I just read that, and uh, I actually did not see Return to Oz. But oh you, man, it's fucking you, badass! I you were that. watching it the other day, right? Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I I think it's really cool because I mean, you have a film in the '80s, right? And, and I mean, we can talk about this too, but do you like George Lucas does some pretty good stuff in terms of his um, his heroines? So, I mean, obviously the the biggest one that comes to mind is is Princess Leia, where sure. she is she is the resistance. She is a a light of hope for those who are down and out and don't think that they can do anything. I mean, she is the ultimate badass, and she's a Disney princess now too, technically. Um, but uh, and she can breathe in space because she's cool. And she can do her Mary Poppins thing. Yeah. Um, I Leia that. Poppins. I hated say. that. Um, but so I, I do think that that's nice that that George Lucas can can add that kind of that stronger female uh, role into his films, and he's and he's aware of it for the most part. I, I'm I could be incredibly like you know naive right now, but I, but I I believe that's what he he aims for in these films, or maybe it just ends up like that. But. Um, but yeah, it's 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 neat that everything comes back to the the motherly matriarchal um, storyline where Willow is essentially 
a mother in this. He's he's taking care of Alora, making sure she's changed and hungry. Like he goes into the bar because she needs milk, and it, it's not a we're just gonna keep going. Like he he's taking care of Alora. He's I like when he scolds um, uh, Mad Bardigan when he's giving the black root to. Yeah. He's like <laughs> she's Alora, damn it. Yeah, and the last thing she's gonna want is a hairy chest. <laughs> yeah. You never give black root to a baby. I have two kids, and I was, just, and then he's like, "You never drive that fast with babies in the in the carriage or whatever." Yeah. So, um, I thought he was really good, and like Warwick Davis is a treasure. He did so good in this movie. I thought he was awesome. Val Kilmer was great in it too, but like I thought Warwick Davis was so good, and he was the thing that kept me in the movie the entire time. Like he just was, he was so good. Uh, yeah, love that guy. Hmm. So, yeah. Anything else to add on that? Trying to, no. Trying you, to are, pick, you, pick, you are touching pick, all the bases. Ooh, I, you're, I love, you're, you are literally convincing yourself of how amazing this movie is. I love touching those bases. Uh, I mean, that's not necessarily, but okay. So I really like that aspect, but that doesn't necessarily make me be like, oh, this movie. Oh, yeah. This movie's yeah. amazing. You have a cardboard um, cutout of Warwick Davis in your living room, and he's taller than me. <laughs> um, but uh, no, and I mean, I really, really enjoy that aspect of it, and it's it's very interesting that it it has that. Um, fantasy fiction, though, I think is one of those roles to or those genres that they don't really have the the gender roles in it per se. Do you know what I mean? Um, because there's usually always some kind of like sorceress or some badass archer or something like that that plays a big part in it so like in the movie um oh gosh uh, david bowie and labyrinth labyrinth right um strong female lead ish um i guess you could say that it's been a very long time since i've seen labyrinth though so i, I can't quote it um but yeah does that kind of make sense what i'm sure what I'm throwing down? Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just talking out, thinking out loud. I mean, there's there's plenty of um, fantasy strong females like in Conan, which we mentioned earlier. Valeria, she's a total badass. She can she can take on Conan. Uh, Red Sonia. Red, Red Sonia. Oh yeah, they were gonna do a they were gonna do a movie of of her, but I don't know what happened. Like, they I, did. I they did. Ro- 1985. <laughs> no, I know, but they were gonna do. Like, I know. A, I know. Um, I know. Like with Rose yeah. McGowan or whatever. I, th- I think because the Jason Momoa Conan movie flopped. It made like $4 on Redbox, and that was about it. <laughs> and that was with a discount. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't think the world was ready for it yet. Nah. So there's that. Um, but, and then even even the in the Lord of the Rings movies, um, you know, the, uh, what's her cheese? Eowyn? Eowyn, yeah. She's a total badass. Oh my gosh, yeah. She has probably one of the best moments in the entire movie. And he's like, no man can kill me. And I am no man. Like, I just remember seeing it in theaters and my theater was going crazy at that part. I was going crazy. I was so happy. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember it was about three in the morning when that happened. <laughs> oh, because went to a midnight show. <laughs> oh, that's right. So I didn't, oh. so I, I never saw it at midnight. I saw it uh, the actual Friday like I skipped school and I went to see it and um oh it was worth every penny it was yeah. incredible way better than willow way better than willow <laughs> um I, I i did i i don't know if i, I i'm still kind of the jury's out on the the, the brownies uh those little oh, I, love characters. The brownies. I mean i did 
I like the idea that you create these characters that are even smaller than your small character, than your than your little person. And so that was kind of a fun dynamic to add to it. Uh, but they kind of got really annoying and just pointless. Kevin they're the, Paul, they're the comedy guy. relief. Yeah, but the thing about comedy relief is it has to be funny. And, I think uh, when you're a kid, it is. <laughs> I mean, fart jokes are funny when you're a kid, and so are boogers. Boogers are really funny. But I think, uh, I think George Lucas is, like, really big on kid entertainment. You know, like, when he talks about Star Wars, he's like, I wrote this for, you know, eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's kind of his jam. Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> like, it's, it's a perfect bedtime story. Now I'm just thinking about Lebowski. Um, yeah, no, he's. Uh, I, I think George Lucas is in tune with that too, because yes, he made that that heroic space epic about essentially a farm boy who is destined Rock lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Did he write that? <laughs> what? Rock lobster. Did he write that song? No, isn't that that's a B-52s, right? I, I don't get what the connection is here. You just said like space opera, so I just, oh. <laughs> I, just I just went with rock lobster. <laughs> uh, no, um, <laughs> so uh, but I mean, this kind of has that same type of thing where you have a reluctant hero who gets pulled into this journey, and he he he's a good person, and he has to do the right thing, and he feels like he needs to, so he says, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it." And it turns out to prove pretty awesome. And he redeems himself. He does all these cool things. Um, Who's he, Mad Mardigan? Willow. Oh. Willow. Uh, one thing I really liked about... Uh, well, I, I think with Willow, he he was always just, you know, he's just the reluctant hero, like you said. But he needed that self-confidence. That was yeah. even his problem during the uh, apprenticeship unveiling. Yep. Where if he would just would have picked his own finger as where the source of all magic comes from, then he would have been right. So it's all about believing in yourself. Don't right. don't no don't have any self doubt. You are you, and everyone loves you, and that is it. You can save the world. Wow. Are you sure everyone loves me? Uh, I don't know about everyone, but Aww. your mama does. <laughs> hey, thanks. I needed that boost. Um. Yeah. So he. Uh, I, I think that's that's really neat, and I mean, I love that part when she's like, patience, Willow, and he's like, courage, Willow. Uh, she gave him courage. Kaya gave him courage the entire time, and that's all he thought about was his family. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I also really enjoyed um, how Sorsha, she wasn't seeing Mad Mardigan as this, oh, he has to save me type of hero. It's... She, right. she's like she found him worthy of her love because like, he's he's selfless and yeah. and he was actually throwing himself onto the Siskel Ebert creature to right. kill it and and like helping Willow and he pledges himself to Willow when he had no other um, allegiance allegiance to any any anybody else or anything else and um and he said hey you know I'm gonna pledge my pledge my love to the Nelwins. There you go. Yep. Uh, like I am in love with the shape, shape of your of body. body. <laughs> oh why? Oh why? Oh why? <laughs> I am in love with the shape of you. <laughs> oh Ed. Um. So uh, I, I I thought that that was really neat that they 
that they did that aspect of it too. Sure. Um, because she obviously saw something in him too, or she was kind of like infatuated with him, but she's a bad guy. And so she was like, no, I hate you, but I love you. And then he, he, he tried to swoon her in the, um, with the love, the love sneezy potion, which I thought oh, was really yeah. fun too. The dust of broken heart. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, and I did like, like you're saying, like the set pieces were really cool. I liked the snow scene when they were sliding down the mountain on the shield, and then um, Mad Mardigan tumbles down, and he, he he's that huge <laughs> giant ass snowball. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but that was really funny. I enjoyed that. That's good stuff. I like when he twirls the sword around. I like, yeah. I, he, he's he's big on like spinning and dancing and twirling and stuff, yeah. and. I thought that, that was really fun, but yeah, he's like, "You are good with the sword, or whatever." He's like, and, "You are great, you are great," and then he slips. <laughs> that was in the trailer, you know. Oh, is that a trailer? It was in the trailer. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And when he, when he spins and goes "woo," when he gets like <laughs> let go out of the <laughs> out of the cage. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't well, you were one. I remember watching the trailer. <laughs> You remember? I thought you were gonna say I remember watching you, and I'm like, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. You don't think I never watched no baby before? I watched a baby. <laughs> so this movie, um, it's I, like you said earlier. You're like during a time, maybe you or you're quoting somebody, a time when there wasn't that many fantasy fiction films. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I agree with that necessarily because I think that there were quite a few fantasy fiction films during that time. Um, I'll be more specific and say that this movie is like a fantasy fiction medieval journey style film um, where you yeah you have uh, witches, wizards, sorcerers, and stuff, and you but you have your uh, swords and arrows and that kind of fighting stuff, and it's usually a person has to get from point A to point B and complete a task. Um, so, but that has been done in a lot of other movies. What do you think makes this movie stand out from those other ones? And let's say, and, and take take away the fact that this was made what thirty years ago. Um, take that out. What is something that you could t- tell someone like why this is a good movie and it makes it stand out? Um, well, I think it's a feel good movie, which I think makes a difference. Like, um, so I would say because it's a feel good movie and. Like, because I was a kid and I saw Willow as someone that was, like, my size. You know, it's just like when you read Batman and Robin comics. Kids tend to like Robin because they get to, you know, think about fighting crime with Batman kind of thing. So, in my case, it was, like, me alongside Mad Mardigan. So, that's kind of how I related to it. And it just kind of made me feel good. Like, hey, I could do this, too. It's kind of hard to explain, but... Um, you know, with the with the set pieces and the music, it was just a lot going on, and it looked it looked real. I remember it looking so real for the time. It wasn't it wasn't like puppets or Muppets or or weird shit like Return to Oz. It was like <laughs> it was all like relatable fantasy world. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Dark Crystal was yeah. like like Muppets and shit. Neverending yeah. Story is just too way out there. Same with <laughs> Labyrinth. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of hard to really you know put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that Willow has a, a human factor to it that none of these other fantasy movies did. Yeah, I and, and I can I can agree with that too. I mean, I, I see that with this. It's it it felt more grounded and um and realistic in, in a certain sense, even it being with it being a fantasy fiction film. Uh, yeah, there was magic, but it, it, they weren't things that were over the top. 
it just seemed like they needed to get from one place to another and there that was pretty much it um and so yes i do see some of the authenticity in it um i never i mean obviously i didn't watch it when i was a kid but i i, I can't relate to what you're saying in the sense of uh seeing yourself with mad Mardigan. i was never a robin fan though growing up i was always batman always batman and maybe that says something about my personality where i'm like i need to have the best gadgets and the most money and be the leader or something there you go <laughs> but bang yeah. all the broads bang all the broads and then just a forever fight, bachelor fight crime at night so but i mean I'm, I'm kind of that way with um you know like uh so like he-man was a really big part of my childhood mm-hmm. um you know that's another guy with a sword i think i just had this fascination with guys with swords and um, your Pornhub account. Oh, yeah. yeah that too. <laughs> I type in guys with swords. <laughs> He-Man porn. <laughs> uh, but, like, even, like... I movies... have the power! <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> universal remote control. No big deal. <laughs> uh, but, like, Legend, that's another one that's, like, absolutely terrible, but I love it more than anything. Uh, Beastmaster, I don't know if you ever saw that. Same thing, dude with oh, the yeah. sword. Dude, that movie was awesome. Um Highlander. I don't know. I just always like sword movies. But, um, you know, I would always put those in front of movies like Dark Crystal or Never Ending Story. Um, things like that. It's just I prefer my hero to have a sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I think it's just so... There's something about a sword that it makes it so much more uh, the stakes are higher because like a gun yeah i mean anybody can have a gun and it just ends that quick um that was one of my complaints that i had with did and i'm sure you saw it but the the remake of romeo and juliet the one with leonardo dicaprio and, oh yeah 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 how they had guns and stuff um it it kind of so I had an English teacher, and we were talking about it. And I was like, I don't really like that they have the guns, and it says, like, sword on his gun. But then he talked about it. He's like, but don't you think that, I mean, when Shakespeare's writing this, these people were, were gangsters, essentially. They were in gangs. And if it were later, in, like, the 80s or 90s, do you not think that they would have guns? And I'm like, that makes sense. Um, but it did take away. I mean, I do like, yeah, that that, that sword play and and that kind of swashbuckler mentality. Right. The um, It's funny you, you mentioned Romeo and Juliet, because I absolutely fell in love with uh, Marquisio's pistol. It said dagger 9mm yeah. on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, had the, the handle was clear, so you could see the bullets. And I was like, oh my god, that's so cool! <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you buy a gun after that? No, I'm not a gun guy. Neither am I. Well, I got two tickets to the gun show. Uh, <laughs> and I'll see myself out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta do some more to me, man. You got to keep uh, keep telling me why this is so great. Because I went into it not seen it in a very long time. And the only, and only thing I remembered was the data thing for some yeah, reason. Data, data, data. Um, Did you recognize the music from Enemy at the Gates? <laughs> Where it goes, na, 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 na. <laughs> James, James Horner. Did James Horner do the score? Uh, he did the score for Willow, and then according to his IMDb page, um, he is uh, uncredited for um, Enemy at the Gates. Enemy at the Gates! Yeah. I was like, oh man, that's a straight blatant ripoff. Oh. 
Did you see the poster for this? The the one that they have for the original, where you know they did like a lot of seventies uh, and eighties movies, um, almost like painted kind yeah. of. Um, I really like the poster actually. I think it's really really neat um, with the red kind of going up. Yep. Yeah. I think um, I think that's supposed to be like kind of like the blood that spills that's going up around um okay. that when she dies. How did she how did she die? Like I that the, the last 20 minutes really threw it off for me because So the first thing they teach you in wand school <laughs> is not to raise at, your wand during a thunderstorm because <laughs> they're metal conductor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's some scary shit. But that didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, cool, I really liked his his disappearing pig trick, which is cool, but how did she die? All of a sudden, like this. Like, Have you ever been struck by one point pilot gigawatts? <laughs> but like all of a sudden, this scented red shit comes up, and she's gone. Yeah, it makes, so, makes sense. So her little maester guys, the little the beardy McBeardy pantses, they <laughs> they put a lot of buckles and straps on the baby, and they got um, they got the red juice. It's like Tampico, and they put it in the in the in the bowl. And then you can't mix Tampico with lightning and wands. It's dangerous. <laughs> Don't plus, 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 she had Razelle's wand, mm-hmm. uh, which was Galindria's wand. And I don't think that her evil magic juju um, meshed well with the purity of that wand. You can't cross streams. No, she definitely crossed them. Yeah. She was like, wand 101. Wand 103. Yeah, it's advanced. 303. <laughs> it's like extra credit for that one. Oh, Lady Hawk. Remember Lady Hawk? That was another kind of fantasy epic movie back in the 80s. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That one was with Matthew Broderick. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Crawl. Oh, I never yeah, saw Crawl, but I remember Crawl. Randy Van Dyke like, of Geek Legacy, he likes Crawl. Isn't there a crazy... Yeah, it's like a star, like a bladed star, right, that they throw in that movie? That's all I remember from it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, so there were quite a few. I I really enjoyed Val Kilmer's character in this too. I guess he ad libbed a lot of it. Um, I've only really seen him in a few good roles. Oh, uh, man. he's amazing. It's Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday's great. It's probably one of his best. He was good in Heat. Um, he was actually really good in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and uh, this one. And then his greatest Oscar-winning performance of Batman Forever. Oh yeah. <laughs> E. Nigma, Edward Nigma, small in size and light in weight. That's the worst. <laughs> you can so find bad. us all on a tennis court. <laughs> vowels, they're vowels, Alfred. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else, man. I just, I, I, it, I, I rented it, and we, and we just watched it, like you and I, not together. Um, mentally, we were together. I was there right. with you in mere spirit. moments ago. The movie <laughs> yeah. ended. We, we watched it, and so I thought that that was nice to watch it, because it's still fresh in my mind, minus trying to remember everybody's damn names, because there were so many characters. Um, I love their names, though. That's another thing. And Yeah, the world building that they had in this was really cool, because, yes, all their names were different. They weren't like Peter or Brad. They were, yeah, completely <laughs> different. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Zach's a pretty foreign name, so. Yeah. Um, Migosh, like, Migosh is a cool name, and Vonker, and whatever. Um, but <laughs> and Madagascar is a good name, but uh, I like the moment, moment. <laughs> so I, I thought that that was cool too, and I, I'll, I'll give them the cred for that. Um, 
The only part I really liked is when um, uh, Sorsha broke free from Mad Mardigan's um, yeah. capture, and the area that they are in, it's like this um, this canyon with, uh, surrounded by all these like pointy mountain type things, and um, it's very reminiscent of uh, Thousand Needles for all you World of Warcraft players. It is literally just like that. It's really cool. Yeah, was, that's what I was going to say. World yeah. of Warcraft, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never played it. So. Oh, man. Um, it looked a little just like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did the ritual... Okay, so, like, the the, the, the whole time lapse and everything, it, it was very off, um, the continuity at the end when they're like, all right, we have to turn everyone from pigs to normal people, and then we have to develop a plan to break in, then we have to battle, then we have to get up to stop the ritual from happening. At this point, Homegirl's probably already completing the ritual, and it's like, how long does this take? Do you have it takes to wait? a long time. Like 12 hours? Like, Because uh, they had enough time to dig holes that they hid in and to turn everyone from a pig back to a human, one by one, apparently. Uh, and Well, they had all night. They got there when it was still... Yeah daylight and then it goes in the night they turn into pigs and then then as soon as uh the sun comes up they're ready to go also um, that that was that was a nightmare fuel right there seeing the, the people transformed pigs i was like oh my gosh did not like it did yeah. not like it one bit it's hardcore man uh yeah um the legend of the rent was way hardcore <laughs> <laughs> all right turkey sub fancy pants <laughs> Lawrence is good at piano. <laughs> you will be rocking in my show. Uh, I love that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. Pretty good. That's good. Uh, did you? So this movie just had a recent. I think it was earlier this year. They had their thirtieth anniversary, the Blu-ray launch. Oh and, my. Um, so I guess maybe it was thirty-first. But anyways, they had a Blu-ray launch, so they played it at, at Target all the time. So I was very familiar with the lines. Um, and I was, I was like, oh, that looks neat. I should watch it. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is neat, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> I don't know. I was, I just wasn't blown away by it too much. That's um, right. I, I enjoyed it enough, but once is enough for me. If anyone else out there wants to try to convince me, good luck. But yeah, this is coming from a guy who who, who eats this shit for breakfast. I love me some some. Huey feeds the shit for breakfast. <laughs> No, no. Uh, go to the Sizzler. Lunch is on me. Shooter, shooter. Um, I love the fantasy epics there, and so yeah, I I figured you were a tough sell because uh, you hold Lord of the Rings in such high regard. Um, they are your favorite motion picture shows, um, and this is hardly a Lord of the Rings, but I think uh, 1988 Justin Cavender, who was in second grade gobbled this movie up but it, it does have some really cool elements in it too though that are that are unique and different from lord of the rings that i actually liked like throwing a baby in there is a completely different i mean <clears throat> not only are they a main character you have to be aware of everything you're doing and let's be honest i hope that was a stunt baby because <laughs> the things that they were doing mm -mm, that was bad you were allowed to you were allowed to do that back then <laughs> The unions uh, didn't represent babies at the time. No, no, babies were the loophole. <laughs> they had them working in coal in coal mines and <laughs> steel factories. Yeah, babies were the exception. Yeah. But but uh, they they, they definitely were making Rubik's cubes in China. Yikes! Uh, but yeah, so they were definitely like kind of being willy nilly and 
and loosey goosey with it. Yeah, it's okay. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Made it to the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to it? Um, I don't think so. I, like I said, I love this movie from start to finish. I'm amazed at how much of the dialogue I actually remember. I could probably quote this movie uh, throughout its entirety. <laughs> Prove it. Uh, uh, get, right. what, ha- what, ha- what happens when they first meet Madagascar? Oh, he's not in the movie. <laughs> he's in it <laughs> when they first meet Mad Mardigan. <laughs> he's like, he says, "Bring me some water, Peck." Yeah. <laughs> His teeth were all nasty too, and then all of a sudden they got clean. And they're shiny, pearly white. <laughs> they got some good toothpaste in Middle Earth or wherever this place is. <laughs> Wait, hey, what's the land called? What's the what's the the world called? I don't think I know the answer to that. See, and that's what I was trying to look at when I was writing this, and I'm like, I don't think they ever said it. Yeah. Unless it was in the very beginning, like at the the opening crawl or whatever. Right. Um, I think this was uh, somewhere in. Europe in 1988. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. I, um, I wasn't blown away by anything technically from this. Uh, you, you're right, though, in the sense of it was neat to have real authentic pieces here and not a bunch of crazy puppets or anything like that. I mean, they had some real, you know, shitty CGI and whatnot, but at least they tried. Um, yeah, but that was, um, I mean, it was a step up from like Clash of the Titans, which yes. was... Yes. In like 1981 versus 1988, so yes. like the that cauldron thingy that comes alive, mm-hmm. you know, some sort of stop motion type thing, and then um, obviously the two-headed uh, troll dragon thingy. That was nasty when he shot it, and it turned into like this brain, and it just started peeling apart. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, dude, this is dark." That's I don't, I don't understand how that happened though. That the progression of those of those steps was very odd because he like shot it with the wand, kicked it in the water and it turned into a monster. <laughs> I think it's like a, like a nod to gremlins to be honest with you. Really? You get, yeah. You can't get them wet. You think it was a nod to gremlins? I think so. Huh? Like when water gets it. Well, I mean water. Okay. So, um, Water is a life giver, so maybe it was just like fuel to turn it into something else. Hmm. I don't know. I need this explained to me. I'm going to write to Mr. Ron Howard. and <laughs> Let's deal with that too. Mr. Dragon. Dolman, be like, hello, I like your, your resume. It's okay. But I want to know what happened with the trolls. <laughs> Why did they turn into that? I go in that one that one is like screaming at Med Mardigan and he's just like, ah, yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. I thought Val Kilmer was awesome in this movie. I think he did a really good job. And he's... while you're watching it, you're like, you are great. Oh, what? That's what Willow says to him. You are great. Oh, when he does that. Yeah. When he yeah, finally gets a sword and he becomes a rock star, basically. Mm-hmm. He is. He's like, he's like, if only I had a sword, if only he quit talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was funny. They're in the, then, cage. the part where they go to the tent and, um, the little brownies, they're like, let me see, you always see. I say that every day to Alex. <laughs> it drives her nuts. Let me and, see like, she, had, she had no idea what it was from. Like, anytime we go to look outside, I, I always go, let me see, you always see. Or if I'm trying to get something out of the refrigerator and she's in the way, let me see, you always see. <laughs> she, she had no idea what it was from. And then as we're watching it today, I'm like, this is totally where I got it from. Before, I said it before uh, it happened in the movie. Now you get to see mad. Yeah. <laughs> she did her. She did the the eye roll. The eye roll. Uh, 
hopefully people saw our our pictures and stuff from your birthday but we did a lot of we saw a lot of the eye roll that night that was funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't realize you were posting it on uh on the don't be crazy feed yeah oh yeah uh it's insane to me this is i i've never heard anybody say batman returns is a christmas movie yeah it takes place during christmas I still don't think that that means it's a Christmas movie. Literally, at the very beginning of the movie, they introduce uh, Max Shrek as Gotham's own Santa Claus. And he goes, Santa Claus? Afraid not. (laughs) He's like throwing out presents to everybody. And and the the Winter Queen lady, she gets impaled on the dynamite detonator thing to light up the Christmas tree that's like reminiscent of like uh, Rockefeller Center. Mm Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting backdrop to have for it. I I did like the Tim Burton ones just because they had a completely different style. Batman Returns was really dark, but it was also like funny darks, so like kind of dark comedy. Um, I guess I never really even realized that, though. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that kind of makes sense. So I'll, I'll give you that one. You win, you win this round. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing to give. It's true. <laughs> it's correct. I don't know, man. I run BatmanReturns.com. And <laughs> it says, welcome to our site. This is not a Christmas movie. Go fuck yourself. They're all, they're all wearing coats outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It snows in the movie, so therefore it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's winter time. No, nope. winter time in the daytime. Nope. And there's Christmas decorations all over the fucking streets while he's yeah. like fighting the, the cover or the red triangle. I it like is cover triangle. That's a video game. It is a and uh, his parents don't they like give him up on Christmas or something like that? Paul Rubens and the other lady. Yeah, they, they yeah, give yeah. up. Uh, penguin on Christmas. Yeah. Walter Os- Oswald Ch- Cobblepot. Is it Oswald? I thought it was. Wal- oh no, that's from the Goonies. <laughs> Chester Cobblepot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His long lost brother. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, that's all I have. Um, we have to decide for next week. It's um, your turn. I know, and I want to continue this. This um, what we originally set out to do with doing movies that are maybe not as as unanimously popular like it's it's interesting you couldn't find a single positive review for willow i know but... i need to write one <laughs> <laughs> looking back 31 years later jcc cavender <laughs> i don't know why what the c's are for but <laughs> um oh readiness <laughs> recuperation <laughs> have you ever seen heavyweights yes I love that movie. Uh, parts. I mean, I I haven't seen it from start to finish now, but I've seen parts. Have you? That's seen... where that's where Ben Stiller's got like a, like a fat camp or something. Yeah, it's like pre dodgeball. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Running scared with Paul Walker. Um, I've seen Running Scared with uh, Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor and and uh, the Funny Man. The Funny Man. Billy uh, Crystal. Billy Crystal, I think. Is uh, Gene Wilder. No. Um, running scared's a good one too um although i haven't seen it in a while so i don't know how good it really is but that's one that i was thinking about possibly doing or um street kings did you ever see street kings uh i don't think so no with with keanu keanu Reeves. oh yeah yeah yeah. i've seen that and uh chris evans is in it too yep yeah, yeah i've seen it yeah what'd you think of that one yeah it's good 
And those one cops that are undercover go deep undercover, and then they turn into bad guys, and then they they shoot everybody. Whoa, spoilers, bro! I guess we can't do that one anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I know that part was pretty crazy too. But I saw that one in theaters a long, long time ago because um, Antoine Fuqua he did that one. He did Training Day. It wasn't as good as Training Day. It wasn't nearly as good. But Another I still train movie. <laughs> Snakes on a training day. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll think. I'll think of something. Uh, I was talking about the wrestler last week, but oh, it's yeah. that one was it's too popular. And although we could have some really good conversation about it, because I haven't seen it in a very long time, I, I kind of want to stay away from those more popular films. Like, cause that one I think was nominated for Oscars and stuff. And it kind of came out of nowhere and people loved it. So I don't know. I'm going to pass on that, but, but isn't it good to do movies that, you know, people saw so they can understand what it is that you're talking about. But Justin, didn't we just have this conversation last week? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy, but if you keep picking movies that no one's seen... Everyone, ha- everyone has seen Heavyweights. Every person in the world has seen Heavyweights. Okay. Everyone. Uh, I don't know what I can draw from that movie, though, in terms of any type of meaning, other than, like... Uh, I could. I could probably draw some crazy things about Ben Stiller and his want to be... It's literally the, the precursor to White Goodman from Dodgeball. He's the exact same way. Oh, boy. Yeah. W-H-I-T. E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me reading. I like to I like to break a mental sweat, too. <laughs> um, you work at the bank. Bank works for me. Ipso facto. Because, ipso facto. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll think of something, we'll post it, and we'll be good. So, that is all I have. Should we take us home tonight? I don't yeah. want to let you go until I see the light. <laughs> Thank you, Napper. Whoa. <laughs> Ho. Take it easy. Uh, cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we'll discuss them on our show. Heck, you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episode. And please, please reach out because I would like some ideas there. Um, all we ask is please don't be crazy. Thank you so much. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> no. You sound like an angel. You sound like a mix of Fergie and Jesus. Fan of Fan of Taco Bell. Fan of Fan of Fan of Fan